Welcome back in to the Verified Christian Podcast. I'm your co-host, Matthew Oakley-Chaney, back again with my friend and partner in crime, Jonathan Jenkins. Had a great meeting this week up here, being encouraged by him. In this podcast, our motto, I guess you would say, is real Christians trying to live verified Christian lives. Not claiming perfection, are we? Amen. Just trying to live real in a wicked world. Right. Really keeping it simple at face value. And uh, that's what we're both trying to do. So we're picking back up where we've been talking about what it means to be a verified Christian. We find that in Romans 12, practical Christian living. We left off with verse 13, and we're picking back up in verses 14 through 18. Maybe a little bit longer podcast, but grab your grab your popcorn, grab your soda pop. We're about to roll. Jonathan, <laughs> go ahead and read that for us. Thir- uh, 14 through 18. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Man. Yeah, this is going to be good, isn't it? (laughs) So much meat there. So much, I don't know if I can eat it all in one setting. But (laughs) but look at verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Notice Paul was encouraging the Roman church there to bless those who persecute. I'll be honest with you, Jonathan. That's not the first thing that goes through my mind when somebody does me wrong. You know, we live in the world of, you know, you do me wrong, I want to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. And, and, what Paul's expressing here is that you know we can't live after those. Um, I, I don't want to call them natural, but maybe um, almost animalistic instinct, uh, animalistic uh, response. Because yeah. you know, when in in the animal kingdom, if you know you've got a lion and a tiger, and they're at, at you know literally opposing one another, or about about to fight, the one who has been picked on the most it's usually going to be pretty mad upset and waiting for revenge and paul's saying here hey look we can't have that attitude we can't be waiting for revenge we can't we need to bless them uh well i mean when we do that the bible also says that we heat coals of fire up on their head you know kindness uh sometimes can do that very thing for us and and also help us to win the fight not in a physical way but spiritually right and i'm reminded of other verses like Matthew 5, verse 44, where Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount said, uh, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And we, I talk about this often, but I used to work out of jail and I had a horrible supervisor. Let's be honest with you. There was a time where I had a, a bad supervisor that just persecuted uh, his staff. He wanted an iron fist, I guess, rule over the jail. And me being a Christian, I just didn't operate like that. They, he understood that I was different, that I wasn't going to conform to being that way. It just wasn't in my nature, Jonathan. And, to, and I'm guessing that, that maybe his attitude towards you probably changed, didn't it, over time? Because of your, because of the way that you responded to that, it probably changed over time. Or, or if it didn't, he realized that he wasn't going to be able to get to you right. that way. There's a few, there's a few uh, other officers in there that 
just never did had nothing to do with me but there was one example one guy one officer in there that was mean to me first but became my friend because he i guess you would say he cools a fire he became he kind of changed towards um having a wrong attitude towards me to kind of being my friend i guess you'd say yeah being my friend well look at well i mean i'm i'm just being honest but if we're going to be like jesus um then people once they you know once we come in contact with folks who are uh maybe negative toward others and and they try to do that with us uh you know look at what paul look at paul what happened with paul after he uh met jesus after that, he was on the opposing side. But then, after meeting Jesus and the kindness and the and the love and the compassion and well, just strictly the power of God that was involved in that situation changed Paul. Uh, and you and I can display kindness and and love and and blessings toward others even in the midst of persecution and possibly change their circumstances. Maybe they uh, used to be something, but now they're not. I know that whenever I worked at a warehouse with my friend Drew Suttles. I may not have always been a, a, a good example of a good person, but Drew stood out, and and I you know I, I don't mean to people can tell that yeah I, I don't mean to brag about him so much and and I might bring him up quite a bit during this podcast, but he was such an example to me. He was the first example I knew of a true verified Christian, one who was practicing in front of others and doing what he was supposed to do. He didn't just go to church and mark it off, and that was it. He tried each day to live holy, right. Had and right check before Mark. God. Yeah. Blue check Mark next to his name every day. Yeah, man. Verified. He, awesome. he, he was the real deal. And um, that helped me to see that, you know, when he when he talked to me about God, I listened. And you and I, you know, we might be able to be a better, more effective um, evangelist in, in the lives of others, you know, if they see us being real all the time. Right. So we have a couple things in that verse. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. The second part, um, pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Just show show them show them respect. And and here's the thing, you and know, that's what not we, easy. No, and and we're not at war with them anyway. We're with war. We're at war with the evil uh, that that they may be practicing. You know, it's like uh, love the person, hate the sin kind of thing. Right. Um, you, you know, if we're trying to live righteous before God, if we're trying to do the the right thing um, and righteous lives, you know, in the face of evil, then people may take it personally. But ultimately, that's not how it's meant. When the Christian is just trying to do the right thing, um, and and our kindness, like I said, our, our blessing and our our, um, I, I guess maybe just goodness toward the person that's involved with the wickedness it, it will i mean it, it'll help us uh the ver- the next verse verse 15 kind of leads off of that thought it says rejoice with those who rejoice weep with those who weep now um i think this is kind of maybe taking a spin in the direction of uh of those who, uh, well, first of all, who are those who rejoice? Those are Christians. Christians are the ones who are rejoicing. So maybe Paul's talking about, you know, he, he's discussing how the Christians should respond to persecution outside from people outside the church. But then in verse 15, he goes back to those who are in the church and he says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You know, there's, uh, yeah. 
there's no better way to be an effective Christian than to be present. You know, uh, when people are going through circumstances, when they're at their best, right, and when they're at their worst. That's right. It, How often, when they're at their worst, sometimes we don't, we're not there for them. And when they're at their best, we get jealous sometimes. Yeah. We, yeah. It's easy as human nature. Like, man, we see other people. Sometimes getting, we don't endorse other people's success because of our own envy. But we ought to. You know? Right. We you should. Know, we, we should be happy for that person. And I love what Paul said uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26, telling the Corinthian church, it says, If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So it, it kind of goes hand in hand with this verse. Um. Just loving that brother. The Hebrew writer put it like this. He said, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them. <laughs> uh, oh, that's wow. suffering in their afflictions with them. Um, pure religion and undefiled before God the Father is this. Visiting the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and keeping oneself unspotted from the world. So visiting them in their affliction, I'm reminded of Job and his friends and and, you know, like I said, Job, Job's friends kind of get a bad rap. I think I might have mentioned this in one of our other podcasts. A lot of times they do. They get, oh, these people are just horrible. And when you read it, you're, you think, wow, man, that's harsh. But you got to also remember that Job's friends had never seen anybody go through as much as Job had gone through. Right. So they're, they're literally thinking. Yeah. The only thing that maybe you and I would probably think, too, when somebody was going through as much as Job did is that, man, you have really must have done something. You need to repent, and uh, I think what the book Job, what the book of Job actually teaches us is that you know even the righteous do suffer. Uh, but aside from that, you know their response was their first response to Job was to go and to sit down with him in the midst of the ashes. Uh, we need to meet them where they're at, don't we? Yeah. You know we need to um, like like Hebrews thirteen three. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are in, uh, mistreated. Since you are also in the body, you know, we're going to have hard times. Right. And uh, when our brothers and sisters are, I, I guess, maybe experiencing persecution or, or hardship, we should be there for them. I'm glad you brought up Job because I'm reminded of his wife. She didn't live up to this verse, did she? She did not live up to verse 15 of Romans 12. No, rejoice actually- with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. She didn't think about that, did she? She said, "Cursed God and die." Yeah. Job's help meet. Can you imagine that? Kind of makes you. Uh, it it, it kind of helped me understand why Satan took everything from him by her. You know, I mean, you know, the way her outlook and her attitude was was that he cursed God and died. I mean, she, he didn't lose his wife, and and look at why he didn't lose his wife because hey, she's. It's, it's almost like Satan knew that she was going to be telling him to give up. You know, she's going to be that little uh, voice in you know in, in his ear saying, "Hey, give up and walk away from all of this, man. You don't deserve it." Uh, here's the thing: we're going through hard times. We're going to go through hard times. And as Christians, we're going to face difficulties. Uh, the persecution that we're going to face, though, is nothing in comparison to the Roman Church. The Roman Church, their persecution was, you know, they were hiding in fear of death. You and I may get mistreated because of the way that we believe. Uh, we may be uh, maybe shunned because we do not bow to uh, that that which is PC, politically correct. Mm. But 
um, the persecution that we face is not life-threatening, not in America right? at this point. So, so basically, that verse to sum it up, verse 15, Brother, I'm there for you in your good times. Yeah, be there for me in the good times. I'm man. good. I'm, I mean, I want to be good to you in your bad times. Yeah. Basically, this sums it up what Paul was telling uh, the church there. Good to you when, uh, you know, be be there with them whenever things are good. Be there with them when things are bad. Uh, and, you know, it's like you said, a lot of times we're there whenever they're good and everything's great. But then whenever things get bad, sometimes there's a, it's, it's like... Uh, we're right. too busy. We got this going on in our lives. I ain't got time to do this for you. you know? I, I, yeah, I, I'm sorry you're going through such a hard time, and I'll pray for you. But that's about it. That's, that's you know, what we say. And, and, it's and sad. sadly, being there is more than just praying for right. them. It's visiting yeah. with them, and 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 really, you know, kind of getting in, getting in there beside them, and sitting down with them in the sackcloth and ashes. Right. Look at verse sixteen. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Notice live in harmony with one another. The United States of America is not doing that. We have had a problem of division in this country for too long. Yeah. And I'm actually wearing a grunt style shirt that says America United. I love this shirt, by the way. Patriotic fellas over there at Grunt Style. But America United, wouldn't that be a great thing to see? I mean, yeah, segregation was abolished, but we still struggle with race. We do. Yeah. And it's yeah. sad. But what does verse 16 says? Live in harmony with one another. We're to love all, all man, just like God does, just like Jesus as well. Live in harmony with one another. Also in the church. How many times do church members have problems with one another over topics like the color of the carpet yeah whether or not the preacher should preach from the pulpit i mean let's be real yeah this is an issue to being, being the same mind that's what that's saying there you know that living in harmony is um and then and i'm reminded of first corinthians 10 and and i'll quote the kjv because i know it from memory but he says I, I, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you but that yeah. you be perfectly joined together in the same, same mind, mind and the same, same judgment. judgment. You know, no division. Uh, there's it, it, there's an importance in us having unity. Unity is something that is um, it's, it's needed. It's necessary. How many bodies are there? There's yeah. just one. What did Jesus say? A house divided against itself cannot stand. That was yeah. Jesus, right? Yeah. I mean, when we... Um, when when we do things, we need to do them, or, or, or when we make decisions, especially as a body of Christ, we need to make them together and, and come together in, in agreement. Um, and it even talks about, you know, how one who can't make up his own mind in James, I, I'm reminded of James 8, uh, James chapter 1 and verse 8, where he says, uh, a double-minded man, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways because he is... Um, he he can't make up his mind. Yeah. And <laughs> it's funny. I probably hear dog, Jonathan's dog whining. He's uh putting him up. Let's look at the next part of that verse. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. I love what Paul says there. Um, associate with the lowly. What do you think about that verse, Jonathan? 
Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Um, to give yourself to humble tasks. Yeah. You know, to uh, that's that's what actually with the ESV Plus uh, right here, in the little note there next to it, that's what it's talking about. It tells us to give ourselves to humble tasks, to doing things um, with humility, hmm. not with uh, boasting or anything like that. You know, 1 Corinthians 13, where it talks about charity, it, it says it's not puffed up. It doesn't boast in itself. It's not puffed up, so it's not going to be uh, interested in its own. Right. Um, it's it's not going to be interested in, in in things of its own nature, but the nature of others. Humble tasks. Yeah, it's not about me. Who's it about? It's about Christ. Serving others too. Mm-hmm. And I, I just it's funny. I thought about this. You know, growing up, we had tasks to do as kids. And I wanted the easy job. I mean, who wants to do a harder job? Yeah. And uh, I love how it says associate yourselves with humble tasks. You know, I think about cleaning the toilet versus sweeping. Yeah, you don't. I, want I to. pick the broom. Yeah. <laughs> Am we, I right? Uh, and naturally, that's what we do. Yeah. But Jesus, you know, but but Paul and and is telling us to be like Jesus and to do that that which you don't really want to do. You know, remember the cross and the prayer Jesus prayed. You know, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, mm. not my will, but thine be done. Um, he went ahead and he endured that cross for the joy that was set before him. Right. That's pretty self-explanatory. You got anything to add to that? Verse 16. Never be wise in your own sight. Yeah. You know, I, I always think of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. All them, you know, lean on your own understanding and all yeah. your ways acknowledge him, he shall direct your paths. And verse seven, be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. How many times do we think, as man, do I think my way is right? My way or the highway, boy? Yeah. You choose. Well, we read other scriptures talking about <laughs> there seems one way that's right unto a man but leads to destruction, does it not? Yeah, there may we may think that we're right, but that's not as, at all what God finds pleasing. Like Paul, you brought it up earlier about Paul thought he was doing the Lord's work, persecuting Christians, but he was wrong. So yeah. it's important to study God's word as well to make sure that we're not wise in our own sight. Because I feel like when we put God's word away, we try to be wise in our own eyes instead of relying on the infinite wisdom that's in God's word. Yeah, we get um, we get tore up, you know, like about not getting in line and, and not, you know, especially men who are in an authority position anyway, whether it be in the home or at work or something of that nature. And when people don't fall in line to what we ask, we get upset. But yet in our spiritual walk, we're not falling in line with what God is asking. And uh, we're sitting around grumbling about our circumstance when God's like, if you just get in line, <laughs> yeah. if you just do what I'm asking you to do, you know, associate yourself with humility and humble tasks and don't think of things uh, on your own mind or with your own thoughts, but try to think with godly thoughts. What is it that Paul would tell him in Philippians chapter four? Uh, he, he said, whatsoever um, things are lovely whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are good report you know he goes on and gives a big list of different things in philippians 4 about things that they should think about uh he says finally brother whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honorable whatsoever uh, whatever is just pure lovely commendable if there is any excellence so it's like if there's anything you can do 
If there's anything worthy of praise, think on things that are worthy of praise. Keep your mind in the positive and don't start associating with the negativity. Uh, that's, I think, more, you know, along the lines of what he's saying here, too, about keeping yourself humble and not looking at yourself as if you are above the job, but doing that, which nobody else wants to do, you know, go go clean the toilet whenever you don't want to clean the toilet. Do the dishes, husband, when you don't want to do the dishes. Mm. It's, tell I, I have to I have to tell myself that, and, and, and it's hard. You know, sometimes I don't want to do the dishes. Nobody wants to do the dishes, and, and it's, you know, I have to realize that, that it's, it, it, you know, it, it, it takes all of us doing what, what needs to be done for the body to function properly. That's right. And so much in there. Never be wise in your own sight, because if we do, we fail. Absolutely do. When we don't rely on God and His wisdom, infinite wisdom, God has it all figured out. Just trust in his word. We see it over and over again. So, moving on yeah. to verse 17. Let's look there together. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Repay no evil for evil. Man, is that a hard one. You do me wrong, man, I'm going to get you back. You bust my tail light out, <laughs> I'm going to bust your tail light out too. You know? That's you know, and that that's how the world thinks. But you know, Paul's saying there, you know, don't do it. You know, people might get you, get at you, and they might try to do things that are wrong uh, or or mean. But you know, going, man, going back to what Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Yeah. What if Jesus responded in that way? Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. The man, Jesus, was on the cross, and he was spat upon. The crowd was cursing him. And what does he say? He says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yeah, I mean, we have to have that attitude toward, especially toward sin. And, and that's, that's the thing. It's like people who are, are wicked, they're not focused on trying to live right. You know, that's just the blunt truth. If you are doing things that are wrong, you're not focused on doing things that are right. That's right. Therefore, um, I can't expect you to understand when I come and I say I can't be that way. I can't expect for someone to understand when, uh, especially like a coworker or something of that nature, when they say, hey, would you like to go out for drinks? I can't expect them to understand when I say, no, I can't join you this time. Why? Because I can't associate with negativity or or wickedness. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Well, and, and, and stay away from it. You yeah. know, if it's going to trip us up, then we don't need to be involved in it to begin That's right. with. Avoid the situation that you find yourself in. If you can avoid that situation, good. Never... Never be faced with something that you're willingly... The, I guess you know yourself better than anybody. God knows you. Just avoid the situation. Before the temptation arises, you'll be better off. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8.21, uh, for we aim at what is honorable. <laughs> yeah, that's our aim. That's our bullseye. That, you know, and so folks that are involved and just... They might think, well, it's nothing more than just going out with some friends, you know, but hey, if I'm aiming for what's honorable, then I want to be at all times representing that which is honorable. So I can't allow myself to, you know, be involved in anything that could appear as wicked. 
or or are involved in wickedness or un you know if I, I can't be I can't be associated with it. It's not that, it's not saying that I don't love those people. It's just saying that I can't be involved in something that would appear as uh, careless. Right. And and the rest of the chapter is going to talk about don't repay evil for evil. But look at the end of verse 17. Give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Look at the verb there. Give thought. Mm-hmm. It's a present action verb going on. This is a constant thing we need to be thinking about, looking for opportunities to serve others, to show honor, looking for ways, perhaps opening the door for the elderly. Yeah. Picking up somebody that dropped their wallet. You know, looking to serve others because that's what it's about. Christ came here to serve. And... Paul admonishes us to be Christ-like in other verses. And, and we should be a servant, but also looking for ways to show honor. As Paul told us here in verse 17, give thought to do it. It takes thought to do it. If you don't think about it, you're not going to. Yeah, and, and not only uh, just in, in thinking of things to do uh, that are right, but also in the, in the way that we respond. Give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all could mean that, hey, I need to think before I act. If something is going to maybe push me over the edge or uh, tempt me to be uh, angry or wrathful towards somebody, I need to be cautious about the way that I respond. Why? I might be the only Bible somebody's reading. Mm. Um, And if I'm not doing what God is, is pleased with, then I'm giving a false understanding to somebody about what Christianity is about. And if I don't show them that what the real deal is, if I'm not, you know, showing them how to be legit in this walk, then what am I even doing it for? Right. You know, what am I even in this for if I can't be real? Right. At all times. And and I'm not saying real in the worldly sense. I'm saying real in the biblical sense. Like this is what real Christianity is. It is choosing not to respond the way I would normally respond. It is biting my tongue in times. It is turning the other cheek. It is taking the humble or, you know, looking for ways to humbly serve. And humbly, humble service is something that sometimes is not always what we would choose to do. Right. It's But, but doing it because it's what, you know, what God would be pleased with, not because of what Jonathan would be pleased with, but what God would be. Right. And I know we didn't plan this, Jonathan, before time, but I want to finish the chapter. Go we're for ma- it. We're making good time. We got 20, we're got we 26 minutes in. Let's look at verse uh, 18. We, we, we just looked at that, didn't we? No, we didn't. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If possible. Notice the first part. If possible. Sometimes there's just going to be situations where you can't Live peaceably. Well, guess what? We have scripture that says, you know, the two parties separate for a time, but they need to work it out too. Going to the brother, not gossiping, not going behind their back, making problems worse, burning bridges. Sometimes we've got to shut the ash pan. Yeah. Well, in the in the King James Version, verse 18, it says, if it be possible, as much as life in you. Hey, look, as much as life in you, try your absolute hardest to be peaceable with people. Um, and in most circumstances, Matthew, I think really and truly we can most of the time figure out how to be peaceable with people. Yeah, and you don't know how many times I've heard, oh, I'm about to lose my Christianity about this person. I'm oh, 
lose my religion. And I think yeah, about that Travis Tritt song, when a good old boy goes bad, the good book goes out the window, you know? Yeah. Well, that's not really what Paul's saying here. Live possible. If if possible, live peaceably with all. Yeah, And that exactly. should be the goal of, There's never of a the time. verified Christian. There's never a time when we should put Jesus on the, on the shelf. And uh, if it's possible, live peaceable. Um, that living peaceably, Mark chapter 9 and verse 50 says, Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will it make it? How will you make it salty again? Look, we can't lose our saltiness. Yeah. And I think about the Beatitudes as well. Blessed be the peacemakers, for those should be called the children of God. And that's Christ speaking. I mean, our law enforcement officers, they adopt that saying, but the Christians should as well. Have you heard, um, you know, you ever heard that saying, that fellow's not worth his salt? Yeah. Or, or this person's not worth their salt. You know, when, fe- when folks are saying that, this is actually going back to a biblical standpoint here. Uh, we cannot lose our saltiness, that, which means that you know we've got to be about it. We've got to we've got to maintain the course. Have salt in yourselves, and be at peace with one another. Mark nine fifty in the last part of it. Uh, and so we, when the salt in the in the first century would go bad they would simply just throw it out into the road because at that point when it's bad it's a, it, there's no use for it whatsoever uh, Jesus would say then to be trodden under foot of man so right. it is equal to just rocks and gravel yeah when it's lost itself so I, I mean love, do we really want to be equal to that which is trodden under foot of man I love that you brought that verse up because I'll back up I'll back you up just a little bit he said yeah if the salt lost its savor, where is the world going to be salted from? Yeah. We're the salt of the earth. We're Christians. We season others. We, By our example, they come to know Christ. They come to know that there's a Savior, the yeah. good news. So verse 18 is by no means of the word saying that we can hang up our Christianity for a minute because of the fact that there's just no way I can be peaceable. That's not at all what it's saying. Right. It's saying do everything you can do. Uh, sometimes everything that we can do might result in, well, in in this case, in in the uh, in the first century, everything that they could have done, they would give their lives to live peaceably with all. Right, man. I mean, we go down swinging, and we can't be afraid of what others are going to do to us. Uh, Bob Dylan said this in one of his songs. He said, "I will not go down underground because somebody's told me death has come around." Right. I will not tarry myself down to die, but when I go to my grave, my head will be high. Right. I'm going to go down proud of what of, of what I am and trying my best to be exactly who I am and not changing for anybody. Yeah. Uh, in a Christian response to that, of, of course that's who we should be. I mean, if there's nothing more, uh, there, there'd be nothing more pleasurable than to know that I've given my all, my absolute yeah. everything, even including my life, for the sake of Christ. That's what these first century Christians are being told to do by Paul. As much as within you lies, as much as lies in you, live peaceably. So the verified Christian is not going to be a troublemaker, but but a peacemaker. Right. But I think it's important to know if possible, because there's some situations where you're just not going to have a peaceful resolution. And arguably self-defense comes in here. If someone's coming after your family, you have all right to exercise uh, self-defense because... So sometimes you're not going to have an opportunity to live peaceful with some people. 
You know, you That's have right. self-defense. Yeah. And, I, and I thought about that reading that verse. As so far as it depends on you, live peaceable with all. I mean, you're not going to make peace with someone breaking in your home, threatening you. Yeah, you got to take action. In the moment, you, you got to make sure you're taking care of your family yeah, as well. So I think we exercised about everything we could from those verses there. Let's look at verse 19. Beloved. Oh, man, Paul, showing that strong language for the Roman church. He loved them. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Cited from Deuteronomy 35, or 32, verse 35, and other verses as well. But we read the wrath of God is the one that's going to render that due punishment. It's yeah. not our job to punish somebody else for being wrong to us. Leave that to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul was telling the Roman church there, don't repay evil for evil, but leave it to God. Yeah. He will dish out the punishment. Ultimately, it's all, you know, that's, yep, that's right. I mean, vengeance is mine. Vengeance is whose? God's. Right. You know, It's not it. Matthew's. It's not Jonathan's. It's not me going over there to get revenge. Let God handle that part. Yeah. I will repay. You know, that's, I, I'm going to, I'll be the one to bring it. I'll take care of it. And and cast all your cares upon him for he careth for you. I can't help but to think about that verse. You know, right. when we think about um, our problems and our cir- circumstances, our situations, uh, they, they get hard sometimes. Um, but give it to God. Right. How much the world would be such a better place if it would follow what it means to be a verified Christian yeah. in verses 9 through 21 of this chapter. And I, I, I think about Proverbs 20, verse 22. Do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord, and He will deliver you. No mm. action needs to be done on our part when somebody ridicules us. Just water off a duck's back, as it would be said. You know, we hear that saying often, yeah. but that's true. Don't let it get you down. Be encouraged, and don't repay that evil that's been done to you. And it's easier said than done, brethren. It is. Yeah. But verse, that's what the verified Christian does. Verse 20, to the contrary, instead of repaying, repaying evil for evil, and instead of uh, avenging for yourselves and, and doing things on your own account, feed your, hung, uh, feed your enemy. If your enemy is hungry, give him food. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Um, <laughs> I can already see the look. He'll feel sorry about what he's done. Yeah. You know, the, the person who's done us wrong, the people who do, do us wrong, when we are kind back to them, even when they're mean to us <laughs> or bad to us or unfair to us. Look, here's the thing. we uh, <laughs> I remember my mom used to tell us all the time, I'd say, that's not fair. Well, <laughs> she... You know, she'd say, fair is a place with Ferris wheels and funnel cakes. That's not Ooh. life. Life's not fair all the time. And and so we can't sit around and worry about what's fair is fair and this and that. But instead, just focus on what Jesus said. Show love. Yeah, and I think about the story you said the other day that you were at the restaurant with your wife and that waitress wasn't particularly nice to you, but you didn't know what they were going through. And you didn't leave a tip because you're like, man, this is horrible service. Yeah, it's not like I just... I didn't skip out on a tip or anything because of the fact that she was having a bad day. We don't know what people are going right. through. And you we heard her can't. you heard her crying and you're like, Man, I feel bad for not leaving a tip and you went back in there, ordered more food and left a generous one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's what we're we're to do. I mean, just 
Let God handle the vengeance. What I I realized is that I was having a response. I was responding wrongfully. You know, and I'm just being real with you right now. We're not perfect. Um, I was responding wrongfully out of anger, and then I realized, wait a minute now. I am, this is a sin. And if I don't fix this, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, then, you know, I'm going to hold I'm going to be accountable for this one day. And it's not my fault. It's not her fault that her day hasn't gone as well as she had planned. Neither is it my, um, you know, but, but I'm not going to do anything to help the situation by just being another burden on her for that whole day that she's had that went wrong. Right. So I tried my best to rel- to go back in there and fix things. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when we are presented with situations where uh, we get angry, we're upset, we don't feel like we're being treated fairly, uh, we need to forget about all of that because that's not what it's about anyway. What's it about? It's about me doing the right thing all the time. Right. And that's what that phrase means. I mean, the heap of coals of fire on your head, you just felt bad because... Yeah, I've been there. Hey, yeah. I, I was like, man, what am I about to do? Like, right. Really? You felt bad about it. That's the saying. That's really? The, yeah. That's what it's about there. And um, notice verse 21, the last verse of this chapter. Do not be overcome by evil, but... Notice a sharp contrast. Overcome evil with good. Mm. Man, if the world could live by that. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Kill them with kindness. That's Selena Gomez's song. I mean, that might be a little feminine to say that, but I mean, hey, the world ain't all being about, I'm a man, you know, uh, I'm a tough guy. Well, Christianity, number one, don't have that kind of ego, shouldn't. But, yeah. overcome evil with good and don't be overcome by it don't get down by it don't get discouraged by it because you can if it lets you if it lets you if it gets to you it's going to get to you and you're going to be down and you're going to be discouraged and be in danger of falling away but goes back to the golden rule i think about yeah treat others the way you want to be treated love god love fellow man Yep. I mean, that's the first and greatest commandment. First and second greatest command. And just do good to all people. That's it, man. If we uh, if we just keep the right attitude, you know, that's I think that that's where it all boils down to is is the attitude that we have uh, showing the marks of a Christian. Am I showing the true marks that God would have me to show that he wants me to, uh, am I acting the way God would be pleased with? Right. Um, and do we have moments like I had with that waitress that day when I was upset because she didn't do what she was supposed to do, but not realizing how bad of a day that she had had? Right. Absolutely. We're going to have moments where we want to respond negatively, but we've got to remember to always, yeah, to condition our mind. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The last part of that verse: the Lord is at hand. I've got to be so. I've got to have self control to do what God asked me to do, even when I don't want to do it. Right. That's the true mark of a real Christian. True verified Christian. Love it. So, brother, we exercised nine through twenty-one of Romans twelve. The marks of a verified Christian. The verified Christian is going to have a genuine love. He's going to abhor what is evil, cleave to what's good. Having that genuine love. He's not going to be slothful in zeal. He's going to be fervent in spirit. Serving. 
And then in verse 12 and 13, he's going to be constant in prayer. He's going to seek others, how he can serve them, how he can be um, showing hospitality unto all men. And um, I just want to quickly summarize. Blessing those who are persecuting us, not rendering evil for evil, living in harmony. There's so much in there. Yeah, there is. I just, I love it. But, you know, in the end, let God repay those who do us wrong. I think that's a big thing. Yeah, let let God sort them out, you know? Right. <laughs> let Absolutely. God sort them out. Uh, I think that was actually a quote from a movie or part of a quote from a movie. But, um, you know, that's what we have to do. We, we need to do what we're supposed to do and then let God handle the rest. Right. If, if that's going to show that, hey, who we're trusting in. You know, if I'm trusting in myself, I'm I'm just going to act animalistic and do what I want to do and what and follow after my own desires. But if I'm f- trying to live as a Christian and and rise above that uh, animalistic behavior, then I need to you know humble myself right and heed to God's word. So we we exercise it thoroughly, Jonathan. The marks of a verified Christian. I'm thankful, man. Romans 12, 9 through 21, and if you, uh, look, print it out, put it up on your wall, look at it every day. It's good stuff. It's a good guideline, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for the support. 200, I believe, 240 followers already. We only uploaded three episodes, Jonathan. We have a following. It's awesome. I'm excited to keep this going. It's awesome, man. We love it. We love y'all. Love y'all's support. Thank you for so much kind words. And we look forward to the next episode of The Verified Christian. Thank you guys so much.